0: Hey there, I'm Matt Tommy, and over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of Christian artists all over the world start thriving spiritually, artistically, and in the marketplace, while at the same time building my own super successful art business. If you're ready to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live in his kingdom, then you're in the right place, my friend. Now, with over a half a million downloads, you're listening to the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. Well, hey there, my friend. I'm really glad that you're here with me on the podcast today. I've got a friend of mine, Carolyn Edland, who is with me today, and you're going to love this interview. Carolyn is one of those people who has been in the art business, really making a big impact, not only in her own business for many, many years. But for the last 20 years as an artist, influencer, teacher, marketing expert, that sort of thing, she was a key part of my journey early on, sharing my work on her website, Artsy Shark. And uh, we've just become friends over the years, and I always love the insight that she brings. You know, especially in today's economy and everything that's going on with COVID and the unsettledness of, you know, just when can we get back to shows and what's the new normal and all that sort of thing. We're having a really important conversation today on the podcast about leverage. How can you leverage the artwork, the relationships, the audience, the collectors, the reputation, all the things that go into being an artist, how can you leverage those things in order to be successful, in order to have multiple streams of income, in order to build stability into your business? So you're going to love uh, this podcast, and I hope you get a lot of great nuggets out of it, all right? Now, before I get started, you know, i love to give a shout out to all my podcast listeners. And um, today's review is actually from over on Apple Podcasts, uh, which a ton of you are listening on. So thanks so much for that. This is from S. Settlemyer, and she says, I think it's Stephanie. I think I know who it is. But uh, anyway, <laughs> they said, uh, on time, every time, five-star review. Each time I sit and listen to this podcast, it inspires and encourages me. It seems to be just the right words at the right time, unless it's a shining light in the dark to guide my steps along the path. Thank you for all the great interviews and five-minute pep talks. Artists really need a coach in their corner. Great work, Matt Tommy. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I mean, listen, you, you would think reading reviews gets old, but I go in there sometimes just to make myself feel better. Ha ha ha! Because I'm like, people are listening, they love this, it's it's encouraging them, and that makes me want to continue to create a podcast that's valuable and encouraging for you. So my team feels the same way, so thanks so much, uh, Stephanie, and thanks others who are out there uh, reviewing and listening and subscribing to the podcast and sharing those episodes with your friends. Now listen, I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up here. Uh, You may have noticed in the last few weeks, the podcast is showing up a lot of different places now. Our podcast, you can listen to it now actually on our Facebook page at The Thriving Christian Artist. You can also listen to it on our Instagram page at The Thriving Christian Artist. You can also listen to it on our YouTube page at The Thriving Christian Artist. Uh, It's really, really incredible the different platforms that we've got now where you can listen not just on your podcast app uh, of choice, but on the website and all these other platforms. So wherever you are, make sure that you're subscribing, listening, reviewing, liking um, our podcast uh, so that you can continue on your journey uh, to move from struggling to really thriving as the artist that God's called you to be. All right. Well, I'm going to get out of the way. Uh, you're going to love this, this uh interview with my friend carolyn and uh, if it's really special to you if you grab a nugget be sure to post that on facebook on instagram tag us and uh we'll send you a little goodie all right love you and i'll talk to you soon bye well hey there my friend i'm so glad that you're here with me today i've got a friend of mine carolyn Edlin, with me today from artsy shark and a lot of other stuff that i don't have time to go into but carolyn you are such an encouragement to artists all over the world thank you for being on the podcast today
1: Hey Matt, I am so thrilled to be joining you today and it's a a pleasure to be with you and your audience. So thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. I have to roll back the tape when I first got serious about doing my baskets online and sharing my artwork and that sort of thing. um, We hooked up and you featured me on Artsy Shark. I don't even know what year that was. I mean, that was a long time ago.
1: You know, it was like four years ago it was in it in mixed media art magazine. Yeah. And yeah. You, we did like a whole spread and you were just writing stuff and we took over the entire issue. It was so fun. Lots of fun. Lots of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. How, did, how did you get started for those who, who may not have met you before and that sort of thing? How did you get into being an encourager of artists and somebody that is now a real authority in art marketing uh, in so many different uh, artistic
1: genres? Well, oh, you know, I, like many other people, I have an art degree. All I have is a bachelor's in art, right? So did I learn anything about business when I got that degree? <laughs> all right, the yeah. answer is no. All
0: right,
1: all right. <laughs> so um, I was kind of just thrown out there, uh, sink or swim, school of life, as you may have experienced yourself, I, sure. I'm guessing. Yes. And um, this was back in 1980 that I started my business. And I had been a ceramics and fiber major and I decided to go forward with the ceramics. And so what I did was I, um, created, uh, eventually got around to, to the, uh, the focus of ceramic jewelry. So we, um, I created lines of it. We jumped into the wholesale marketplace, which was a very lucrative place to be at the time. Mm. I did really well. I did a lot of trade shows. I had sales reps working for me. I had a whole team of people in the studio, three or four people at any given time. And we were creating whimsical ceramic jewelry and shipping them out to, I think we probably had about 120 stores at any given time. It was a great time to be an artist in that market. And of course the artists can still do that. But um, I did it because I had uh, a lot of motivation and persistence and I learned a lot along the way. So when I closed my business in 2001, um, I I was just burned out. I said I've met all my goals and gone way beyond them and I'm just, I, you know, I want to move on and I applied for a job as a sales rep with an art publisher, got that job immediately and worked with portal publications. And they put me out in the field. Um, I was with them for three or four years until they actually fired their entire sales force on a conference call. <laughs> it's, I like, I like. it's crazy. But anyway, um, I was, yeah, I was like rep, a rep of the year for the North. I did really great. And what I learned from being in sales, the smart strategies that a lot of these big companies use can very easily be transferred to the entrepreneur and what you do on your own. It's just a matter of, you know, is the idea appropriate for you and how do you approach it? Sure. And I learned so much that I started writing a blog post, and this was back in 2009. And so it, I never stopped. And I over the years I've done, workshops and written courses and done tons of consulting and worked with many, many artists and featured many artists, which is really in my heart, featuring artists and and presenting them to the world and, you know, promoting them. Uh, I love that the best. There are so many artists whose work is fabulous. Yeah. And they deserve to be seen. And it's just such... It's so rewarding. It's such a pleasure to, you know, to to hear their response that, that they give me and and how people respond to them. So that's the long story long. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, nobody
0: comes. To, everybody has a backstory, right? You know, nobody is just happens up and and starts living their life at this stage. We all come to it with a journey, and I I love that because I think same thing for me. You know, it's like the life I'm living right now is a convergence of all these beautiful experiences and things that I thought I would never be doing again. And now they're you've reincarnated themselves into, into this, you know, style, time of life. And so it, it's wonderful.
1: Right. Right. I think I actually met you in person in Asheville. Yeah. Maybe eight years ago. Yes. Yes. It was a And made in America.
0: Does that sound yes, familiar? Absolutely. Cause that was like a wonderful <laughs> organization and no longer running it I know know, yeah but but they were real arts advocacy organization and um, Mm -hmm. and, I love that and I think we both kind of come from this perspective I mean Handmade America makes me think of this but your story as well we both kind of have been able to bring a business sense to our artistic Mm -hmm. endeavors and I think right now especially in this economic, you know, situation and with COVID and all of that's going on right now, and even beyond that time, just in general, artists have to know how to what you call leverage everything in their business relationships, their art, opportunities in order to get the most out of their work. And let's maybe we can start here. You know, one of the things that I see in mentoring a lot of artists is that a lot of times when people move from hobbyists, into mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna I'm gonna start a business. They have in their mind that the only way to be a quote unquote real artist is to sell one off original works in the retail market and that that an artist career makes. And I'm like, no, there's so many other ways that just yeah, income. You there's know a I mean?
1: ton of model of business models and it makes sense what you're saying because it's the it's kind of the most direct and natural way. Sure. People might say, well, you know, I make paintings or I make jewelry or I make baskets and I'll just apply to this art festival and then I'll be out there you know and, and meeting people and selling to them and that's a great way to sell I'm all about retail love that but there are ways to pursue different market channels and different models different business models and I think in a way it depends number one on what you want to do Let's say you say I, you know, ever since the flood and the hurricane, I am never doing an outdoor show again. Right. <laughs> right? Okay. So I accept that. Okay, got it. You don't yeah. want to do that anymore. Are there other options? Absolutely. We know that selling online, huge. And right now, selling online is hotter than ever. I've talked to a lot of artists and I don't know whether you have, but they're doing really well online. That's right.
0: Some artists is their biggest year ever. Which I've been yes, like, oh, people are going there. Oh,
1: wonderful, right? Right, and so you. How do you do that? Well, you need to work smart, and so leveraging is a way of working smart. The definition of um, leveraging is to t- is to take maximum advantage of something. Yeah. So that you're going to look at what it is you know in your world that you can actually run with. What are your natural advantages, your background, your niche, your network, um, your collective, whatever, your, anything that you want to leverage, think about how to do that. And let me give you a couple of examples. And this actually speaks to um, the, the retail model versus other models. Mm. And let's talk about licensing. Leveraging means if you're going to leverage your art and leverage your designs, Make it once and sell it over and over and over and over and over, right? And so you're making income on an ongoing basis from that one, one creative project that you did. I don't know whether you know Ken Brown. I he's, do, actually, yes. <laughs> he's a fabulous calligrapher. He's, he's like the you know, the rock star of all calligraphers. He's been around forever. I interviewed him years ago and he had a very interesting story that he told me. His wife was a watercolor artist and of course he's a calligrapher so he's right. doing all the lettering. And years ago, they uh, created a design which was a painting of the beach and, you know, here's the, the, the sand and the sea oats and um, and it was the footprints, God's footprints right. poem, right, which is so well known. Right, right. And And it was on the speech scene and he wrote it out in beautiful calligraphy. They licensed that to an art publisher who sold over a million units of that poster, (laughs) a million. Now think about it. If you are a licensor, which is an artist who who is permitting the use of their image without create, without conveying copyright, you can keep in your copyright, but you're allowing that use for commercial products such as that poster, you're just going to make royalties, which might be like, I don't know, five to 10% of the wholesale price. Right. Even if, um, Ken made 10 cents on every poster, he made a ton of money <laughs> and so it becomes, not only do you just scale up your business by, by licensing, but once you deliver that image to the licensee, who is your customer, it's passive income and you're just collecting over the years on an ongoing basis during the term of your contract. I don't know whether you've ever done this or you know other people who've licensed, but it's a very interesting way to earn a living or at least to make an extra stream of income. Absolutely. I'm I'm such a, we had Lori Siebert
0: on uh, not too long ago talking about art licensing and and all Mm -hmm. of that. I mean, I know some people, I think one of the things she was saying, which I, you know, I'm sure you would agree is that, it can be very lucrative. There is a ramp up time sometimes it takes to get into that. And so you have to kind of just know how every different stream of income works. Uh, right. It's not going to be as immediate, maybe as a, a show or a retail opportunity, but after it gets going, come on, that thing's churning every month, every quarter and, and bringing you that residual. So.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Not only does it take a ramp up, period, but you have to have work that is appropriate for licensing. Right. and if you um, look at the website of artists who license a lot of times they'll have particular collections that they right. build for very specific purposes so if you know there are artists like Paul Brent for example who does very traditional painting and he's heavily licensed you could be a surface designer and maybe design for sheets or gift wrap or anything that has a pattern on it uh, and fabric for example uh, you know so there there are different ways you know, to get into that field, not all art is appropriate for that. Right. Um, so there are certain um, models that might not be a good fit for you as an artist. And you have to do your research and come to know, is licensing right for me? Maybe it's not. Right. Is wholesaling right for me? Now, that's what I did in my business. And I'll give you that, you know, the one minute rundown <laughs> on how that works. Um, we made just jewelry designs. And we would put together a collection and reproduce those designs over and over and over and over. I would go to a trade show. I would get retailers coming into my booth. They would order for their store at, at essentially 50% of what would be retail. All right. in other words, they're going to mark that up to their retail and we're just everything that we make in the studio is already sold. Right? Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it right. <laughs> and so for me, that was a great model. We were using raw materials, clay, glaze, you know, underglaze, and things like that, that were relatively inexpensive. There are people who simply can't wholesale because if they have to have manufactured parts, for example, there are a lot of, of uh, jewelry artists who like to use um, manufactured components like beads and other things, and they become so expensive to put it together that you can't meet a you can't hit a wholesale price and have a margin on it. So it's just not realistic for you. Again, is it right for you or not? You can take a look. I think it's
0: so important for people to, to be able to craft a business that works for the life that they want to live. Because for me, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but when I, when I came to Asheville, Um, all my friends in the fine craft world were production wholesale artists. So so I'm like, how do I make a living at doing this? You know? And, and they're like, Oh, you gotta, you know, go to wholesale shows and sell that. So I started out with that. And of course, basketry is a very long time intensive, you know, process. And I would, I did great in my sales. And then I would, I remember I sold this, uh, a wine bottle basket design to the Biltmore house based on their, uh, grape vines and all this kind of thing. And I was like, this is great. And then they started ordering them like 30 and 40 at a time. And I was (laughs) like, Oh my God, I don't, you know, I don't want to make anything that. And so I had to realize in that it was kind of a, one of those awakening moments I realized for me, like the way I wanted to grow my business was one-on-one personal interaction mm-hmm. um, and doing commissions and that sort of thing. And that's how I've done that all these years. But even in that, cause you talk about leveraging your audience, your collector base. I mean, that's still a huge way to be able to leverage what your reputation even. Uh, and exactly.
1: And you know, I can see you, you're getting hit with all these orders. You personally cannot even produce them. Right. So your choice would be either be to hire people that you could train. And that is obviously a choice. Sure. But you're you're absolutely right. If you want to make one of a kind art or fine craft, whatever you make, and all you want to do is is make originals, you can leverage your collector base. Yeah. That means you build the relationships that you just talked about, and that collector is going to own more and more of your work. They're going to make multiple sales. Now the definition of collector to me means you need more than one. Would that right. not be true? Right. right, Am I right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I knew you'd agree with me. So yeah. So if you have a collector, what if they own five or six of your pieces and they're the perfect people also to refer others because they love you. Absolutely. That's been the
0: beautiful thing. I think with me now, people often ask me, Matt, how do you sell these? You know, how do you get into the markets that you're in? And I'm like, you don't, you have to be invited in. I mean, because so many times these are upper echelon clients that are in mm-hmm. very, you know, uh, high end communities and that sort of thing. You can't just like do a direct mail campaign and, and get invited in, you know, it, it's through referral. But I think for me, leveraging relationships, which is the core of what I teach about marketing is yep. it's been the core of, of how I've built my business.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you need, you need to have the credentials. You need to be, you know, have this, the, the background and the street cred. The work, right. (laughs) You got to work, you got to do the work. Um, But you're absolutely right. Um, You're leveraging your reputation. I mean, and I told you before we went on, on air, I referred somebody to you a month ago because she's like, I'm a Christian artist and I am just so inspired to spread the word. This is what I am called to do. And I said, you need to talk to Matt, and you need to be going over there in his community because you are the perfect person for her. Yeah. And so your reputation precedes you. Um, I think that leveraging your network of connections is really—I think—in in a way we're talking about the same thing. In in many ways, it's who you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and who knows and, you? <laughs> Pardon me. And who knows you? And who knows you exactly? <laughs> and what relationships have you built? And so you're going to very carefully, you know, you know, put those little seeds out and let them grow with the entire uh, network of people that you want to know. And I think the the smart way to start using that network is to pay it forward. And put something out there and give it to them first. That's right. So if I knew you and you knew me and I said, Matt, um, you know, you've got to meet some people. They're so perfect for you. I just would like to introduce you. You know, that's a a great way for you to feel like, you know, and, you know, you have been given so much. You are inspired to give, right? And I think it's totally alignment. Exactly. 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 Totally alignment with where you are. And so... it it may be possible that I have some, a a connection or a a great opportunity that I can connect you up with. And you don't really have anything for me, Right? you know, it's just not something that's that you know of, but someone else is going to, you know, it's going to come back to me in another way. If you put it out there, I think as a proactive type of a giving an unconditional giving, of, you know, here, here's an introduction, just two people that should be, you know, should know each other. That's going to come back to me in other ways.
0: Yeah, I totally believe that. I mean, I just, I think so many artists get used to coming from that place of scarcity and trying to survive and, and that sort of thing. And you realize, you know, it's like Jesus said, whatever you sow, so shall you reap. I mean, you know, and that, that is true in relationships. You know, if I sow into, if I give into your life, I can trust that that's coming back to me
1: in other ways. And, um, right. And I think you'll see the people who are the most successfully networked in are the biggest givers. Yeah. Yeah. You see that. So, um, so, so we can use our relationships to, you know, to, to leverage our businesses. And so I might call you up one day and say, Matt, you know, I'm really struggling here. Do you have a suggestion for me or something? You might have the very thing for me. So, keep those close relationships. I just want to, you know, give you a, a lot of uh, kudos for building such a tight supportive community that you've built, because I think that's where people really thrive. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of people in your, you know, in your group, in the thriving Artist. I mean, yeah. isn't this a thriving Christian yeah. artist podcast, right? And we do that together. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I, I learned early on in my life and then I've seen this multiplied with what we're doing now that, a lot of times we think it's information only that that creates transformation, but it's really information and then interaction, not only with a mentor but other people on the journey, that you can. That's that's, right. that's when that amplification and acceleration starts to happen. You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. I think and I think a big word is amplify. You know, we you and I could work together as partners in spreading, uh, e- you know, each other's yeah. um, reputation to a group. And, and that way, we're both going to reap the benefits of that's it. Right. So that's, that's right. great. Um, you know, and, and you were just talking about knowledge. <laughs> Here's the, and, we, and we were talking about this also earlier before we got started. If you're an artist right now and you can't really sell because it's just not, you know, there's something, it, there's a roadblock in the way or whatever. Do you have knowledge that you can leverage by teaching I know an artist who'd been on, like, I don't know how many residencies. I think she traveled all over the world. <laughs> she wrote a course, an online course, how to get a residency, what to expect on a residency. You know, how to know it just was excellent. And she turned that into a course. She put it up on, you know, one of these learning platforms, and she's charging 50 bucks for it or something. It. So, it's, it. again, it's that additional stream of income.
0: Yeah, because every little bit, I think, comes together. I. I call it the Parthenon marketing plan. It's like your your business is the roof and all the different strategies that we do are the are the pillars, you know, that that go under that. And it's not like any one of them, you know, they all go up and down, you know, seasonally or whatever, but mm-hmm. they all come together to make a business. And I think so many times like with teaching, because I can hear people now, oh, I'm not good enough to teach, or I'm not experienced enough to teach. And I'm like, you only have to be a little bit ahead of of your audience, you know, of your students in order to be able to
1: give a a great teaching and a great course. Yeah. And it's amazing. Um, You might think, well, there's a thousand uh, articles online about something that I know anybody could access it, but if you put it together in an organized way, that might be just what people are looking for because they don't have endless hours to, you know, click around the internet and learn something. So I, I totally agree. Um, so. That's good stuff. Well, speaking of not
0: having endless hours, we don't have endless hours. We could talk forever because I love talking about marketing and art (laughs) business with you. And I want to encourage people to go to your website and connect with you, Carolyn, because you've got such great resources out there. So, where's the best place for folks to be able to connect with you uh, after the podcast?
1: They can go to my website at artsy It is filled with uh, business articles and lots of featured artists and all kinds of stuff has definitely has a search function and, you know, drop down menus and so forth. So mostly we write about marketing strategies, sales strategies, different channels. And I have a lot of very inspirational articles about artists and how they did what they did. Uh, Just last week I wrote about an artist who has turned her abstract paintings into hand-woven rug design. And these rugs are made by artisans in Nepal. And she is helping to support people over there through a program which um, makes sure that there's no child labor, that everything is ethically done, that these people are well-paid. And through her art, she is supporting these artisans in another country. And she said, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it because you know, this is the right thing to do. And I want to support other artists. So I I just love that. And I think um, there's a lot of people in your community and your network who are looking for a reason to do something good in the world to share with the world and maybe making money is good, but it's not the the primary driving force.
0: Absolutely. Well, I love those stories. I'm still getting emails and see you online and all that. And I just love sending people your way so thanks so much carolyn for for taking the time to be on the podcast and encourage everybody talking about how to leverage our art it's been
1: a it's been a great conversation thank you so much matt it's been wonderful speaking with you
0: hey thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast listen i hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.